Amen. I'm glad that he loves me so. Aren't you glad for the love of God? And his love made a difference in your life. If you're saved, you can testify with me today how that his love made all the difference. It changed everything in your life. And and I know when I, my wife and I, the first time, you know, that we started dating and, and we were uh, speaking with each other and, and spending time together, we got to know each other. And and then, uh, you know, we those words, I love you, come out. And it changes you, right? It changes things when you love someone. And I'm glad for the love of God and how it changed my life when I understood that he loved me for the first time. Think about that. The day you called on the Lord, you understood that. You understood that God loved you. And I tell you, that's a, that's a great feeling. And I'm glad it's deeper than a feeling. It's real. And his love will never change towards you. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Boy, his love comes with benefits. And I'm so thankful for the love of God in my life. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, today's a good day to get saved. Today's a good day to call on the Lord. And uh, so that you too can have the love of God shed abroad in your heart. And it'll make a difference in your life. It'll help you. And uh, not just for now, but for all eternity. If you'd like to find your place in Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. And the title of the message is, Who Do You Love? And you'll, you'll, you'll get the, the title there as we read this passage and a verse there specifically. And I'll point out how... You know, it just kind of intrigued me there, and I had to just stop and think about uh, what's being said here in Titus chapter 3 in, in reference to love. In Titus chapter 3, in verse 3, it says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another, but after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Uh, these things are good and profitable unto men. Go down to verse 15 with me. In verse 15 it says, All that are with me salute thee. And, and underline these words, because this is where I got the title for the message. Greet them that love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. Greet them that love us. Alright, I want to ask you the question. It's a title, but it's also a question. Who do you love? Paul knew that there were some folks that loved him. That loved him. Who do you love today? If you're saved today, then... I think we can all say that the love of God made all the difference in our life. I'm speaking about that day that you understood that there's a God in heaven that created everything, 
by whom all things exist and consist. Uh, well, we're talking about the great I am. Well, we're talking about the first and the last. We're talking about the Alpha and the Omega. We're, we're talking about the, the beginning and the end. Uh, hey, you, you understood, I, you, you understood that He, that God, loved you so much that He gave His only begotten Son to die on an old rugged cross to bear your sin, my sin, in His body. And there He died, He was buried, and He rose again for our justification. You, you understood that God loved you despite of who you were. Woo. In verse 3, I mean, look, this is Paul. He's giving a little bit of his testimony here. It says, For we, including himself, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Hey, it's Paul to speak in here. And before being saved, Paul was known as Saul. Oh, but how did the love of God make a difference in his life? Over in Acts chapter 9 and verse 1, it says in Saul, now this is the same person that's writing in Titus chapter 3 talking about for we ourselves we used to be a certain way and this is how he was and in Acts chapter 9 and verse 1 it says and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest I mean think about it think about the verses we just read think about how the difference the love of God made in his life I mean, here he was threatening uh, and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. Now he says, greet them that love us in the faith. Do you believe that the love of God made a difference in his life? In verse 2 it says, and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Oh, for we ourselves, he said over in Titus chapter 3, uh, were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, uh, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating uh, one another. Here, here Saul, Paul was describing himself before he got saved. He said, I was foolish. I was foolish in my beliefs. Uh, hey, matter of fact, I didn't believe Jesus was God. That makes me a bigger fool. I was foolish in his beliefs. He was foolish in his actions. He was foolish in his motives and in his desires. Hope of the love of God made a difference in his life. Not only that, he says, not only were they foolish, he said, but we were disobedient disobedient to the word of God now, now look before he got saved he thought he was following the word of God but he was far from the truth uh, you see he was religious but he was lost uh, he, he was religious but he was so far from the truth he had not put his faith in Jesus as his savior well, how many people live around us uh, who think that just because they've been to church once in their life or maybe when they were little or, or, or just at a, a funeral or, or a wedding or, or something like that or, or when they were young, then surely that would qualify them to go to heaven. They too think that their little bit of religion uh, is enough to get them 
to heaven. But the problem is they're disobedient. They're disobedient to the word of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. You, you believe in God? He said, believe also in me. You see, you, you can't believe in God and not believe that Jesus died for your sins. I hear people all the time say, well, I believe in God. Well, do you believe Jesus died for your sins and that's your only way to heaven? Jesus says, you believe in God, you believe in me also. In John 10, 30, he says, I and my Father are one. Boy, Paul didn't believe that before he got saved. But boy, he did after he got saved. The day he called on the Lord made all the difference. Not only did he say he was foolish, he was disobedient, but it also says he was deceived. What, 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 how was he deceived? He was deceived into thinking that his good works and his zeal would get him to heaven. Uh, he was dependent on himself to get to heaven. But boy, that day on that Damascus road there, uh, in verse 5 of Acts chapter 9, he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Oh, I believe at that moment, Saul said, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, this whole time, I mean, all his life up until this point, he had denied that Jesus was the Lord, that he was the Messiah, that he was the Lamb of God. Oh, but that day, he came to grip with reality that Jesus had come and died for him. Paul had been deceived all these years in believing a religion instead of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I wonder how many people have been to church. Maybe as children, they were drugged to church, you know, they they were drugged there Sunday morning, Sunday Sunday evening, and Wednesday nights, and anytime the doors were open, they were drugged to church, uh, and, and they trusted in the fact that they went to church uh, that they were going to go to heaven, but yet they never trusted Jesus as their Savior. Well, think about how the rest of verse three applies to the Apostle Paul. He was hateful, breathing threatenings. Wanting to take people out. Envious. Full of malice. Looking for ways to shut Christians down. Hating those who profess Christ. But the love of God appeared unto him. Oh, God sent his love to save even Paul, who was the chief of sinners. He was a blasphemer. He was a Christ denier. He was a hater. He was a murderer. Oh, but God in his mercy and love reached out to Paul. And oh, what a difference the love of God makes in your life. Then you get down to verse 4. I mean, verse 3 here, it says, For we ourselves also were. <laughs> 
We were for a time foolish and, and deceived and, and disobedient and serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Oh, but thank God for verse 4. Thank God it don't have to be the end of the story right there. Thank God for this holy conjunction. Oh, thank God for that but. Oh, but starts verse 4 here. Thank God for the day that God came into our lives. Oh, he came into Saul's life there on that road to Damascus. I believe that that was, I personally believe that that was his last call. I personally believe that this was his last opportunity to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, hey, you better be careful thinking that you can put off believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Why? Because you're not promised another day. Uh, hey, this may today be someone's uh, last opportunity to get saved. Hey, can I ask you, where was your Damascus road? My mind was in Chattanooga, Tennessee at 305 Tacoa Avenue. I even know the phone number there. The only reason I know is because my mama kept, kept record of that, uh, of the phone number where we lived. I was a five-year-old boy. But I remember God convicted me that I was foolish, that I was disobedient. Boy, I, I surely was that. I was deceived, serving diverse lust and I called on the Lord and God gloriously saved me. Why? Because of the love of Jesus. Boy, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Keep your place there. Ephesians chapter 2. Here we have a, a similar passage, if you would. Talking about how we used to be and the difference that the love of God made in our life. In verse 1 it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Well, again, that kind of sounds a little similar to verse 3 over there in Titus chapter 3, doesn't it? Uh, it tell about how we used to be. Uh, oh, but thank God, again, we got another holy conjunction here, but God, uh, who is rich in mercy, for what? For his great love, wherewith he loved us. Uh, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Uh, by grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sin together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, uh, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Uh, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, uh, which God hath before ordained that we should walk uh, and them. It sounds similar to Titus chapter 3, right? There's something that ought to happen, that we ought to maintain good works, and God has prepared that for us. He's got a plan and a purpose when he saves you. He's got something that he wants you to do for him. 
Verse 11, it says, Wherefore remember that ye be in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, have no, having no hope and without God in the world. Oh, here's another but. Verse, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Oh, what a difference the love of God makes in our heart. You see, we all have the same story. Whether it's those in Ephesus or if it's those over there where Titus was speaking to, hey, it makes no difference here. We have the same story. Whether you lived a life of degradation and filled with, with all kind of sins that were known or you just lived a good moral life. The Bible says we were all dead in our trespasses and sin. Oh, but thank God for the day that God butted into our life and showed us who we were and he showed us where we were heading and he showed us how much that he loved us by giving us his only begotten son to die in our place. No works required. We could not better ourselves. Jesus did it all for you and me. We could not and cannot pay for our sins. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. You see, Jesus made a way for you and for me to have the forgiveness of sin. Oh, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Oh, thank God for the day that he buttered in our life. Oh, and we understood the fact that Jesus loved me. It changes our life. Go back to Titus chapter 3 with me. Look at verse 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost which he had shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Again, no works required. No amount of being good or trying to do better required. It says not by works of righteousness. Our righteousness is as filled the rags, the Bible says, uh, which we have done. Hey, the only thing we can do is just mess things up. Oh, but because of God's love for me and for you, oh, the day that we accepted God's love for us, we were declared righteous in the eyes of God. Uh, hey, we were justified and made heirs with Christ Jesus. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Once you get saved, God's love is shed abroad in our hearts. And that's the day everything changes. You see, Paul used to, Saul used to despise Christians. But now he loves them. Christians used to be afraid of Saul. Uh, they dislike Saul, uh, and, and, and rightfully so. But look at what the love of God will do. Oh, in verse 15, look at it again. All that are with me salute thee, greet them that love us in the faith. 
Grace be with you all. Amen. Oh, where hate. Think about what he said there in verse 3. For we also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in that envy, hateful, hating one another. Where hate used to reign, now there's love. There's love. Oh, in First John, in verse John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, you can keep your place in Titus, but 1 John chapter 3 and, and, and in verse 14 it says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. In 1 John 3 and verse 16, it says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You see, there's going to be some evidence here of salvation. In 1 John 3, 23 here it says, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, as he gave us commandment. To, you remember back in Titus chapter 3? And, 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 I tell you, and, and I tell you, it was a whole different story, hating one another. But you see the difference the love of God makes. Now we love one another, as he gave us commandment. When you're saved, when you get saved, the difference God's love makes in your life, it'll be reflected in you. It's going to show. Oh, and first, go back to Titus chapter 3. Let's close there. Titus chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, this is a faithful saying. Aren't you glad that we have a faithful saying? That we have the word of God preserved for us in the English language in the King James Bible. Oh, this is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Uh, these things are good and profitable unto men. Uh, oh, because of God's love and the difference that his love has made in our hearts, uh, then there ought to be some evidence uh, of that love. We must be careful to maintain good works. We're not working to get saved. We're not working to keep our salvation. No, all that's secured in Christ Jesus. But because we are saved, then there should be some evidence of salvation in our life. And that'll translate by what we do through this local church. Do you tithe? Do you give offerings? Do you give demissions? Do you support the work of God with your time and your talents and your treasures? God says that we should be careful to maintain good works. Why? Because it's good and profitable unto men. Everything that Jesus did for you and me was good and profitable for us. Oh, does the love of God, does the difference that God's love made in your life, is it reflected in your involvement in the Lord's work right here? Look, Jesus is coming. Matter of fact, he's coming real soon. What will you have to show 
for his great love toward you. Why do you love him? Who do you love? Do you love God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul? Do you, do you love your neighbor as yourself? Do you love God's work? Do you love the brethren? Are you involved? You can't say that you love God and not be involved. You understand? That don't make sense. That's not how it's supposed to be. You can't say that you love Jesus and not keep his commandments. Let me ask you, who do you love? It's, it, it, it'll be evident who you love. Would you take the time to consider how much God loved you and how God's love made a difference in your life? Then ask yourself this. How good are you reflecting that love to others?